Hello everybody, my name's Colin D. Ellis and welcome to the Culture and Coffee podcast where I discuss a news story or a topic of workplace culture and some practical things that you can do over the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee. So let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone, it's Colin Ellis here and I forgot who I was for a minute then. But I was away last week with my friends in uh, Tasmania. We did uh, a camper van. We did a couple of distilleries and it felt good. We we got vulnerable as middle-aged men should do and talked about lots of things and shared duties around driving and meal cooking and beautiful Tasmanian weather. Fabulous, fabulous trip. But I feel a bit discombobulated coming back. There's a good word. Uh, for a Sunday morning when I'm recording this discombobulated, I do. So yeah, there was a slight, slight stagger in my name there. I am Colin Ellis and this is the Culture and Coffee podcast. Uh, and I am drinking a Rwandan coffee uh, from Wood & Co. And boy, do I need it. Boy, do I need it. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the trip. It's fabulous, great human beings. For those of you uh, following on, on Instagram, I shared a few pictures there. Uh, just fabulous human beings. But there's only so many times you can make up a bed in a van and then put it down and make it up and put it down and make it up and put it down before you're a bit like, yeah, I just want to sleep in my own bed. Um, and I'm back doing that right now. Um, so today I am talking about, is it possible to hire for culture fit? It's a, an interesting question that I am often asked. In fact, the question it's not really a question. It's like, can you tell me how to hire for culture fit? It's one of the key things I would say when I start working with organizations. And I, you know, for those of you regular listeners, I generally, you know, I, I do these little team workshops, these couple of days to really help teams define how they want to work usually at the start of a year so I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of a year and the start of a year I'm usually quite busy because teams want to start the year in the right way and they want to invest money at the start when it can make the most difference so that's not to say I don't have stuff going on during the year but 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 I do these little two-day workshops but I also work with about I don't know four five organizations across a year to really help them kind of properly define what their culture needs to be in order for them to achieve their vision. Um, You know, my my approach is always helping organizations to help themselves so that they don't have to rely on bringing consultants in to interrogate kind of what's gone wrong. You know, my, my, my programs are very much, here's what you need to be able to do it yourself. And then I might kind of do a little uh, train managers to get them on the way. And then, and then you're off and running. And one of the key things that comes out when I do, I do these like 40 minute calls. Um, and if you're interested, you drop me a note, Colin at Colin, Colin com, is, is a 40 minute call to really determine, well, what do you need? Because everyone's slightly different. Um, and, and often what they need is we want to either keep the people that we've got or we want to hire some new people and we want to make sure that they can add to the culture that we've got so they can complement what you already have or else they can help us kind of change the game, help us to really grow, help us to evolve. And I think if you're at the point where you're scaling your culture, if you're thinking about what the culture needs to become, uh, then not only is there a redefinition, redefinition exercise, but also what you need is then to be able to 
almost ask the right questions in the right way at interview to attract the kind of people that you need to then further add to that. You know, I've got a business partner in, in the UK and we're, we're going to be working with some sports teams and some sporting organizations. And, I could, and, and, and I'll be releasing a white paper in the next week or two. So if you, if you work for a sporting organization or if you're interested in culture in sports, um, then you can sign up for the newsletter at colindellis.com forward slash boom um, and you'll get it straight into your inbox. Um, but what's interesting there is about athlete recruitment. And when you're hiring, uh, when you're buying players, and, and you know, f- let's take a football team as an example. Uh, whatever football means for you in whatever country you're listening to. I'm talking about the real football, the one the world plays. Uh, but when you're buying a new player, of course, of course, talent is important. Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, but also they've got to add something to the team. And this has not been well understood for years and years and years. Or what they've not done is looked at what the corporate world is doing and, and asked the question. So, so this is what I'm going to get into um, in today's podcast. It's going to really kind of focus in on what it means to kind of contribute to culture and, and, and how you bring people in in the right way. I, I mean, let's start with the very obvious thing is if you haven't defined your culture, then you can't hire for culture fit because you don't know what it is. <laughs> Like I said, it's a pretty obvious thing. It's just like, all right, so we want you to contribute to this. Oh, can I just be clear? What is this? Uh, well, we don't really know. We were hoping you would help us. Classic when often organizations hire a, a, a people and culture manager or a HR manager go, right, so we want you to define what the culture is. Like, you've got to have some idea. Like, even if it's just a two-person business got to know what you stand for what your vision is you know kind of what what you believe you want to contribute to the world so so if you haven't defined this uh, it's going to be a big problem i read a re- research recently 69 percent of people uh, i was talking about this uh, the week before last 69 percent of people said lack of investment into the definition and evolution of culture is to blame for it being ineffective in practice you know well duh but it's true like, if you haven't done any of that work, if you haven't defined your culture, and by defined, I don't just mean the senior leaders go off-site for a day and then go, who's the culture? We're going to tell you what it is. Actually, that sounds really terrible. If you're a senior leader, I know you don't talk like that. Well, some of you do, but not all of you. Um, uh, here's the culture. We've been away. We've decided what the culture is. Here it is. Like, it's a start point, but you're really dictating what the culture is, so... Um, yeah, at that point, it's just a senior leadership culture. It doesn't belong to everybody else. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do these things. Um, but there are six pillars of culture. Now, I talk about this in Culture Fix. I feel like this is this, this podcast is a massive sales pitch. So go out and buy Culture Fix. Like, don't switch off. The good stuff is coming. Like, we'll get through this, I promise. But I, but I, the six pillars of culture I talk about in more depth in Culture Fix. So if you're interested, uh, you can go and do that. Or else I did a a potted version of Culture Fix. Uh, just go to YouTube, and I did these little one-minute videos that summarise the chapters. Uh, so if you if you like, yeah, screw the sales pitch. Let's just get straight to it. There you can go. So there's personality and communication is the way into any culture. Uh, vision and purpose sits at the heart of it. So p- personality and communication is pillar one. Vision and purpose is pillar two. Values are pillar three. Behaviours pillar four. Collaboration pillar five. And innovation pillar six. If you've got all of those things. And you've actually talked about it as a as an organization. 
about how you do these things and you're not just telling people how to do stuff then you've got a really well-defined culture and then it becomes about the evolution of it but when it comes to hiring you need to be absolutely crystal clear from an organization perspective i'm just about to start working with an organization on this and i've been asking questions around it you need to be crystal clear what's your vision or your purpose so so kind of what do you want to stand for or what's your aspiration usually within the next one to three years and what are your values now values are crucially important because they are uh, they're emotional connections they are principles or standards of behavior this is what values are they're crucially important i can't overstate the importance of it because what you're doing as an organization is you're saying purpose here's what we stand for oh and here's what we hold to be important in order to achieve our aspiration in order to live our purpose these are the values and values aren't something that you can just do on the back of a napkin it's not a leadership offsite it's it these are things where you're you're really getting a a sense of they're like values to me are the heartbeat of an organization and you want to be able to see these values being lived on a day-to-day basis. You know, I joke about the fact that values should be lived, not laminated. As soon as I see someone's values on the walls, I'm like, yeah, if you have to remind people of them, then you haven't done enough work to embed them. And, and, and it's crucially important. Now, at this point, it's worth me mentioning, you know, kind of subcultures. So at an organization level, you need to define vision, purpose, values. Generally, they're the things now, and, and usually what you do is you, you look at those in relation to the strategy. Here's the strategy that we've got. This is what we want to achieve over the next one to five years, one to three years. And here's the culture that we need to build to deliver to that strategy. So that, you know, that's the definition piece that I'm talking about. And I'm going to keep talking about this until it starts to drop and sink in with organizations, at, you know, kind of around the world. You know, I'm really on this mission to help people understand how to do culture for themselves. You know, because because once you get that, then you're you're in control of the conditions you need, not only to be successful, but also to stay out of the media. Because that's where reputations are destroyed. That's where lives are destroyed when we lose that real focus on culture. So at an organization level, we've got purpose, we've got vision, we've got values. Now, each individual team within the organization has to look at how they contribute to those values. And it might be slightly different. So I worked with one organization, you know, it was different for the accountants. The accountants uh, needed to demonstrate different behaviors in order to live the values. The IT team need to be different to live the values, different set of behaviors. You might find some core ones are similar, like collaboration, maybe. Um, and, and, And but each team will live the values in a slightly different way. But remember that what connects people is the values. These are the things you can come back to. And Zappos in the US, I've talked about these guys before. They have 10 values. Everybody knows what they are. And everyone works hard at the start of a year to define the culture that they need within their team in order to be able to live those values. And so this, these are the foundations. So when I talk about hiring for culture fit, really it's about matching someone's values. Right. So when you're actually interviewing an individual, they're like, does the values of this person match the values of the organization? So every every team 
every team will live the values in a slightly different way. And so what you've got to do, you know, kind of within your team or when you're thinking about hiring is like, okay, well, what questions are we going to ask in order to get to the point where we can confidently say that this person believes the things that we do and will not only add to the values, but help us to positively evolve our culture moving forward. You know, and that, that I, I often I, I see that most organizations, what they try and do, like if you're a small organization, if you're like, you know, kind of 30 people, then you don't need every team to define its culture. You know, this is it's culture at scale. And, 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 and I've done a podcast at scale in your culture, uh, culture and coffee podcast. Um, but if you're, if you're if you're bigger than 30 people, then you're really going to need to think about, well, how does each manager, each team... And remember, the manager is the custodian of the culture. That's the one thing that every single manager should be measured on. Because if you get the culture right, the results will follow. All right? So it's, you know, always bear that in mind. Uh, and most organizations don't put the emphasis on on different teams defining the culture. And like I said, the, those two-day workshops. And often I'll work with a manager who really gets culture or has got a really broken culture. But a manager who really gets culture, you know, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I've just agreed to do one next year in, in February. And this manager's just like, I want to create the best team environment. You know, we've got a strong set of values, but I want my team to show others how to live the culture. And they're often the, the people that I that I work with and do my little two days. Um, now, it's important here when 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 we're talking about bringing people in to, to say this. And again, it's, it's another obvious thing, but you'll forgive me for reminding you that different people have different value sets. And what was it Elvis said? Elvis had a great quote. Elvis Presley for the younger listeners. Elvis Presley was just one of the great, one of the greats. He said, values are like fingerprints. Nobody's are the same, but you leave them all over everything you do. I know, it was like he was here. How scarily accurate was that? Yeah, don't ask me to sing um, Blue Suede Shoes. Uh, so everyone's, a, but everyone's a different, but what you need to do is get to the point where you understand that person's values. And they're not just paying you lip service. You know, sometimes when you can you can smell the desperation on someone, I just need a job. They're not the people that you're looking for. They're not. The people who are like, I'll do anything to come work here. They might not be the people that you're looking for. You really want to get to the point where you understand um, their values. And, 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 and the other thing to say about your, your, your organization's values is you've got to mean something. If you've just got single word values like integrity, trust, communication, they're not values. They're not values. Mostly their behaviours. Rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. And, it, and, and you know, if you think that's a criticism, uh, it, it absolutely is. Um, I'm going to hide behind and say it's not. But, like, a, a value is a statement. I've done, I've done a podcast on this. I'm not going to repeat it, right? Go back and find it. Go and read Culture Fix sales pitch again. Go and read Culture Fix. Um, is the value is a statement. It's usually, like, three to six words. And I get, I've, got some exa- I've got an example coming up. All right, so uh, where am I? Yeah, your core values have, have, have really got to mean, got to mean something. Um, and so, you know, when when you invite people for interview, and and uh, we were very very clear, you know, when I was a manager myself, I was very very clear with recruiters. And what we what we put out into the world was a specification of a job because we wanted to make sure that people had the skills, right? If you you need the skills <laughs> first and foremost. If you haven't got the skills, you should never get an interview. And and I get it. And I know what you're saying is like, but Colin, they can learn the skills. 
Of course they Well, of course they can. And if there are no candidates out there, then you're going to look for a really good human who you can teach and who's got a growth mindset, right? And that's part of that hiring for values. You want to see the growth mindset in, in interview. Um, but we used to be, you know, one of the things I usually say to recruiters, and I, 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 I develop really great relationships with recruiters, I said, make sure they do their homework on the organization. We didn't, I didn't, I didn't feed candidates the work that they needed to do. Because one of the things that I want, I want someone with a really great attitude. I want someone with a really good work ethic. I want someone to really, really prepare well for an interview. And and I remember, I remember one interview. And so, you know, this is a, we used to give the, 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 the job and the responsibilities. And in the responsibilities, we talked about mindset. We talked about attitude. And we talked about contribution to team. We didn't really talk about culture then. I'm not going to lie and say we did. We talked about contribution to team. And then, you know, put the emphasis on them doing the work. So that when they showed up for the interview, they needed to be ready to go straight away. And I, one organization that I worked for, we had a value of, of we use failure as an opportunity to learn. So can you see there that that's the value? It's a bit of a sentence. It's a short sentence. We use failure as an opportunity to learn. Because what we recognize within the organization is that you can't get everything right all of the time. It's just not possible. To get everything right, 100% of the time, just not possible. And so we, what we were looking for was people who under, not only understood those values, but then we would be able to share an example of how they lived that value in the past. Because we want people who believe the same things we do. We're not trying to create a cult. The question didn't center around me and the, the person pleasing me. That would be a cult, Right. How will you demonstrate the values to me? It was much more around, you know, our organization. This isn't the value that the organization has. Tell us about a time, you know, kind of when you use failure as an opportunity to learn. And so I asked this guy um, about failure, you know, and I we, we did plenty to make him feel relaxed in the first couple of minutes. Do you want a drink? How was your journey in? Lots of empathy because we recognize that the interviews are really stressful processes. I always used to check of the, have you been briefed by the recruitment agency? Have they, did they tell you what preparation you need to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I always used to start as like, Hey, listen, I just want to Start in the right way. I want to find out what you know about us. Too often what happens is in interviews, you get the person interviewing, you know, the candidate. They do like a 20 minute monologue. They're like, they're like, right, well, I'll tell you a little bit about us and the team. And they've got all that. That should have been in the brief that you gave a recruitment agency or it should have been in the job ad that they're able to read. And their preparations are... And most people waste 20 minutes. It's like, well, here's a bunch of stuff that you already know that we're going to repeat because I like the sound of my own voice. It's such dumb stuff to do. It really is. And as a candidate, if I'm a candidate, I'm thinking, wow, this is not a great start. So we used to get the person talking early. And, you know, I, in this particular example, I said, you know, can you, can you, you know, one of our, one of our uh, values is we use failure as an opportunity to learn. What we recognise is, as human beings, whenever the finished article, and we get things wrong from time to time, that's absolutely fine. We also want want you to know it's not a demonstration of weakness. It's something that we embrace. And we're, we're, we look for ideas everywhere. We recognise we can't get everything right. Oh, I'm doing a 20-minute monologue. We recognise we can't do everything right. And what I'm interested now for you is, 
Can you give us an example of something that happened, and it can be anything at all, anything at all, doesn't have to be work-related, anything at all, where eh, something didn't go as well as you'd planned for, and and you learn as a result? Silence. He didn't say anything. It was so weird. He didn't even do the filler word. You know the filler words? Um, uh, um, oh, um, didn't do any of that. Just silence. And I just said to him, I was like, oh, uh, Steve, that's not his real name. Uh, Steve, <laughs> his real name is James. Steve, I, I just want to, did you, did you understand the question? One of our values is we use failure as an opportunity to learn. And I repeated the question. And he was silence again. He was like, yeah, no, I, I, I can't think of anything. And like, you know, there was me and another person in the room and she looked at me and I looked at her. I was like, Steve, it can be anything. It can, you could have missed the bus. You could have missed the train. Anything. You you were given the information you told to prepare the values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, you know, he was about 27. He wasn't fresh out of university. We wouldn't have used that value question, to be fair, if the person was, this was their first job, we'd have used a different question. And uh, yeah, he couldn't. I said, there isn't a single thing that you've got wrong in your, you know, kind of in your life so far. And he was like, no, there's nothing I can think of. So we ended the interview at that point. And I just said to him, like, Steve, thanks so much for for coming in. What we're looking for is, you know, kind of people who are prepared to be a little bit vulnerable, uh, who, who, you know, kind of recognize that not everything can go as well as we liked and are prepared to share that. And, and I expected a bit of pushback at that point uh, and for him to go, oh, I've just thought of something, which which would have been fine, which, which would have been absolutely fine. Uh, but he didn't. He was like, OK, thanks. And he left. And and so at that point, we, you know, the, my 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 fellow interviewer, we, we were both like, yeah, well, that, that was good because they're not the kind of people that we're looking for. And interestingly, on my Culture Makers podcast, I interviewed Ben Kirshner. Ben Kirshner is the is the chairman of Intuity. Um a massive company in the US now. He's really high pro. He's one of those guys I interviewed earlier that he just his career just skyrocketed. Probably probably as a result of the Culture Makers podcast. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, it's absolutely true. But he I asked him about hiring for Culture Fit and he said um that he his hiring team asked specific questions around gratitude, around appreciation of others and about how much they give back, because they were their values. And so it's a really good demonstration. So this is what you want to do, is you want to kind of center your questions around the values. You might want to ask one or two questions, one or two technical questions. But if you're using, if you're using a recruitment agent, it's their job to make sure they got the technical skills. Right. But you might want to ask one or two questions. But really what you're trying to evaluate in interview is kind of those emotional responses to the questions that you ask. You want to make sure that they've done their homework. You want to make sure that attitude is good. You want to make sure they've got a growth mindset. You might want to ask them a question about what's one idea that you've had for enhancing the way that teams work together. Things like that. So the, the, these are the kind of questions that you need to... I, I always say, if you ask standard questions, you get standard people. And you don't want that. Great cultures, they don't have a standard list of questions. Have you ever seen that where people are going through a standard list of questions? Again, another red flag for candidates. Like, these guys can't be bothered 
to think outside of the square. There's no creativity in this organisation. Oh, but Colin, it makes the process really easy. That's not the point. The point is not to make the process easy. The point is to get the best candidate. Right. And if that means the process is a little bit harder, that's OK. But here's a couple of things you don't want to do. You don't want to overpromise to people. You don't want to break your culture by making decisions that undermine things like pay equity or opportunity of advancement. Don't don't be fooled into thinking that giving one person everything that they want is a good idea. It's not. It's really, really not. You under you undermine the, the culture, the equanimity, you undermine that by giving one person everything that they want. There's a lot of people did that during COVID. They made silly short-term decisions. They ended up paying people 40 grand more than similar people in, their po- in, in similar posts. And it came back to bite them because those people who were good people will leave. They're like, all sense of equity is now lost. Your job when you're hiring is to hire good people who recognise that they're there to make a contribution, who want to get paid for their attitude and their mindset and their contribution to culture. And so you need to be thinking about diversity, inclusion, personality, communication styles. Remember, the, 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 the benefits of cognitive diversity, different people from different backgrounds and different opinions who are prepared to share it in a way that doesn't call antagonism, it, the, the returns you get, from those things are absolutely huge and there are wars for talent going on around the world you know with sports teams that we're working for they're looking to you know kind of bring different players and different athletes into the teams that's great as long as it doesn't break the dressing room the same is true of, of corporate cultures bringing one person in who can break the dressing room is just about the worst thing that you can do remember it's technical skills that get a person the interview but it's their values and their contribution to the values of the organisation that gets them the job. And for me, that's the essence of hiring for Culture Fit. I hope you enjoyed today's Culture and Coffee podcast. Speak to you soon. Ta-ra for now. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about how I can help you transform the culture of your team, head to my website at www.colindellis.com.